So welcome everyone to sec our second guest speaker events and featuring Dr. Corey Singer. And thank you for taking your time to come on the show with us. Um, so I'll just get started first. Uh, what are some of the most prominent injuries you see in your office and how do you prevent them? Well, uh, thank you for having me today. Appreciate you guys reaching out. I'm glad, glad to see that you guys are doing stuff like this. It's pretty cool. Um, so question was, most common injuries I see in my office. So I mostly take care of a lot. I'm, I'm a general office, a, a chiropractor. So I deal with, you know, people with anything from back pains, neck pains, elbow, tennis elbows, carpal tunnel syndrome. But I also deal with people that are, are dealing with um, even uh, other types of issues um, that are non-musculoskeletal. So um, repro reproductive issues, people that are having trouble with difficult menstruation or trouble, you know, getting pregnant or uh, allergies, asthmas, you, you name it. We take care of a lot of different things in the office here. All right. So our, my second question is, um, do you think people who are not athletes need to have chiropractic sessions? Yeah. So to understand the answer is yes, but to kind of unpack that a little bit more, um, just understanding the philosophy of what chiropractic is. The idea is you're working on people's nervous systems. So anybody with the nervous system and a spine should be able to get some chiropractic care. Um, because what, what I deal with is I take care of, of these things called subluxations. It's a big word, but pretty much what it means is that there's, if there's uh, two bones, you have your brain up here and it sends signals down the spinal cord. If those bones misalign, it could put pressure on the on the nervous system itself, and that can create pain, numbness, tingling, weakness, or any kind of joint dysfunction or organ dysfunction at the same time. So, um, and what causes that to happen is physical stresses, chemical stresses, and emotional stresses. So, physical stresses, things like you know improper posture. You know, we were talking a little bit before the call improper posture, um, injuries to yourself d during like exercises, or, you know, if you're talking about athletics, a lot of different things can cause the bones to misalign. Let's say you get tackled and your bone gets flown out of alignment. These things can happen. Um, but the general population deals with physical stresses on an everyday basis, but also chemical stresses. You know, you're looking at a population of people that are dealing with chemical stresses in the foods that they eat, the, the electromagnetic frequencies from the cell phone towers, um, you know, air pollution, there's, there's stresses like that, which affect the spine as well. And then emotional stresses, this is the last thing that causes these bones to misalign. And emotional stresses is not just athletes getting those things, right? Your, you know, your, your entire population of people are gonna have emotional stresses um, from financial problems, to relationship issues, et cetera. So yes, everybody's gonna have some type of misalignments because all of those things are, are fairly common or really common in, in everyday life for everyone. So I, I recommend that everybody get at least checked for subluxations in their lifetime. Um, and I think everybody should be under some type of regular maintenance. So I definitely preach that. and kind of dive in a little bit further on that. If you're looking at um, kind of just maintenance of the spine, 
um, you, you're looking at, I, I give the example of, of um, like braces or, or dental hygiene and spinal hygiene, right? So everybody understands the idea that, that you, need, you should go in and make sure that you brush your teeth every single, every day, floss every day, and then go see your dentist on a regular basis just to make sure that the health of your teeth are, are, are good, right? Same thing I teach with, with the spine is not everybody knows this, but your spine is meant to last you your entire life, right? And a lot of people just think that it, it naturally gets degenerated as you get older, but that's not the case, right? They used to think that with, with the teeth too. People they used to think that your teeth would just naturally, as you get older and older, your teeth would just naturally get broken down and then eventually fall out and decay. But that's not the case as long as you take care of your teeth. So the same with your spine, as long as you do regular maintenance on your spine, postural correction exercises, and then get seen by your chiropractor on a regular basis, it's different for everybody once a week, once every other week, once a month, everybody has a different schedule, but some type of regular maintenance on your spine is ideal for, for proper health and um, prevention of injuries, which is kind of what you guys are, are all about. Yeah, definitely. So um, my last question is, uh, I personally suffer from a knee dislocation. What occurs when the knee dislocate and how do you prevent them? Good question. So, you know, I'm sorry about the, your knee dislocation. Did that happened during an injury or? Yeah, during my uh, training. Training. Okay. Yeah. So what happens during a, a knee dislocation is you have one of the one of the different bones you could it, was it a was it patella or was it your tibia fibula yeah you, i think you, it's patella is your patella um so what happens there is the actual patella gets moved outside of its nor normal joint space and that's an interesting joint because it's kind of free floating within a tendon that uh, that goes on top of the, the the femur and the tibia and the fibula so it moves outside of its normal position and um, along with that, you can get injuries to ligaments. You could have arteries damaged. You could have nerve nerve damage as well. So um, you know, obviously, they probably checked you know to see if if you had any issues with blood flow into your legs, things like that afterwards, right? So that that's what happens during uh, an injury like that. Usually, it's some sort of blunt force trauma, which moves the bone out of its normal position. That's called a full dislocation. What I take care of in my office are subluxations, so less than a full dislocation. We're not we're not legally allowed to put dislocated bones back into its normal position, uh, but we can move things that are subluxated, less than a full dislocation, back into back into its normal position. Um, to prevent an injury like that, particularly for the knee, it's really important to understand that the biomechanics of the full spine and the full body play into your knees, right? So if you're looking at the bio, so understanding that the body is a dynamic chain, right? So you got the feet, then the knees, then the hips, and then the spine that goes up, that goes up, and then so you got your neck, right? So understanding that it all plays together. So the way that we take care of, you know, athletes in our office is making sure that their full body is in the proper, proper placement, right? Not just the knee. A lot of knee issues don't necessarily, aren't necessarily knee issues themselves, let's say that the foot is out of alignment or the foot's not moving properly, 
um, causing tension on some of the musculature and causing things to be more, more rotated than normal and predisposing it to an injury. Um, same thing with the hips. The hips can be out of alignment, causing more pressure on the same things, right? The muscles and the tendons, and then the knee is more prone to injury at that place. So what we do in our office is make sure that the hips are, hips are aligned, the feet are aligned, and the spine is, is in its proper position, sending the proper nerve signals to the lower back, to the knees, and making sure that all the musculature is balanced. Because if you have, obviously, if the, if the muscles are imbalanced, it's, you're going to get an injury, or you can get an injury, more likely to. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Hi, um, I have a few questions too. Sure. So I know you've had um, an injury in the past, and I just wanted to know um, what was the hardest part of recovery for you, and how do you use that experience to help with your patients? Well, I've had uh, very minor injuries throughout my life. The only the only main thing I was I grew up with is like neck problems, neck pain. Um, so you know, when I was a young kid, I don't know how it really happened. Probably from too much hard rock music or whatever, I don't know, <laughs> head banging. But what happened was I had injuries and pain in the neck and, you know, went to a chiropractor, got that taken care of. And just understanding where, when people come in and they're in pain, I've been able to utilize that and understand what people are going through. So it's given me some empathy. So that's the, that's the main thing that I've uh, got out of that, uh, that experience. Um, and also, um, it says that you've previously had your bachelor's degree in cell cellular biology. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think that's helped with your newfound career for like a chiropractor? Yeah, yeah it's been it's been really uh, a very crucial part of my understanding of the body. So yeah, like I like you said, I went and did cellular biology degree, um, and that has given me the perspective to look at the body in terms of the cell right? So if you look at um, the body, right? If you break it down into its most, most uh, smallest unit, it's the cell. So if you understand that the cells, a bunch of cells together, make a tissue, put some tissues together, you can get like an organ, put some organs together, you get a system and put all the systems together, you get the body. Understanding that if you get the cell healthy, you can, you could affect the whole body's health, right? So you understand what the cells need. So the cells need, you know, water and proper nutrients, proper nerve flow, things like that. And the cell can be healthy. If it, ha if that cell has toxins in it or toxicity or poisons, then that cell will also not function the way that it's supposed to. So I look at the whole body in terms of what a cell needs. So that's, um, and then understanding that on top of that, I got my, uh, I got a lot of classes in uh, physics as well as, um, you know, immunology. And so that has helped me understand how the cells all interact and play together. And so it's helped me a lot. One last question. Mm -hmm. um, what would you tell an athlete currently recovering from an injury? Like any tips, any help? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a, it's a kind of a broad question, right? So it depends on what the injury is, but just general, general uh, information would be, Number one, make sure that you're, if you could see, if, if it relates to a chiropractic, obviously get, go see a chiropractor because they could help your whole body as a whole function better. Um, you know, your general, a lot of people used to think, you know, if, if, it, 
if it was a, a like an injury, let's say you have a sprain or a strain, you know, rest, ice, compression, elevation. You guys, you guys might have heard this, but um, maybe something that they don't know is that more of the research nowadays tells you to actually don't rest it, move it, keep the, keep the, the the as long as it's not a catastrophic injury like a dislocation, right? You want <laughs> you want to actually get that get that moving as much as possible because that movement gets blood flow to the tissues and keeps it healing. Obviously be persistent with your care, whether whatever, what type of care you're doing, whether it be chiropractic or physical therapy or whatever it is, make sure that you're, you're persistent with your care and, um, and just know that your body is meant to heal, right? It's, you know, if you cut your, if you cut your arm, your body knows how to actually heal that, right? So it'll send the right proper nutrients and blood flow and tissue all to that area to be able to heal it. So know that your body is made to heal. So just have confidence and faith that your body will continue to get better. Um, I have a couple questions as well. Um, sure. So this is a, like a more casual one. So have you ever worked with any like pro athletes? Um, I, I've dealt with and I've worked with some pro uh, ex-Olympians. So not current Olympians or current pro athletes, but I've dealt with some ex Olympians. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Super fun. <laughs> <laughs> super fun. And you know, they're, they're, you know, obviously down to earth and good people. So I love taking care of them, but I, I, uh, I take care of anybody that needs to be taken care of, but I do, I do have a lot of athletes, like just your, your average, you know, not necessarily pro athletes, but, People that you know do uh, karate and taekwondo and jujitsu, and you know, obviously they're going through a lot of issues with, with how they um, with the with the activities that they're doing with that. Um, but yeah, I've I've dealt with some some ex Olympians and uh, just a lot of just everyday just athletes, you know, people that are working out, CrossFit, that kind of stuff. Um, I have another question. Um, like when. When you talked about like how emotional um, strain like affects the body, like how does that work? It's a great question. Okay, so if you if you, I like to give this uh, this example. It's kind of like an analogy. So um, if you've ever been like stressed out about something, you've you've felt the muscles in your spine kind of tense up. So what happens is every time you have a thought your body produces chemicals and endorphins. So let's say that you and I are, are identical twins, right? And we go to, um, let's say that we go to a, a theme park, and right? And you're, you're gonna go, do you like roller coasters? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, good, all right. So, so we're genetically identical. You love, you love uh, roller coasters, but I hate them, okay? So we're gonna, for this example. So we go and you're going to go and you're going to have a, a great time on that roller coaster. You're going to be throwing your arms up in the air, having a great time. It's going to be fun. What kind of hormones and chemicals do you think your body's going to be producing at that time? Um, endorphins. Endorphins, right? Serotonin, all these good dopamine, all these good hormones that are going to have a, a positive effect on your body. While at the same time, let's say I go, well, first of all, if you have those like good positive hormones and endorphins, what do you think is going to happen like if you're exposed to like uh like a bacteria or a cancer cell or something like that do you think you're going to be better off or worse off at fighting those diseases 
um, your body will probably be stronger. Stronger, right? So this, and, the, and then you take the opposite example of me. Let's say that I don't like that that those that roller coaster. I have a bad time and I'm all stressed out during it. What hormones is my body producing, right? Stress hormones. Okay, so I will my body will be a lot less likely to be able to fight off diseases and fight off infections and and cancer cells if they pop up in my body. Um, so that's that ties it into the grander scheme of health. How that ties into a specific um, specific muscle or, or subluxation in itself, your body. Let's say that let's say my body's producing those stress hormones. Those stress hormones actually act on the musculature, and they can pull and re and move move bones out of their normal position because of the change of the musculature. And then that has an effect on the nerves, and then it's kind of like a like a repeating cycle. Oh. I, I thought it was just like people like stress eating or like not eating because of anxiety or something. Well, <laughs> well, that's like a a different issue, right? So they're if they're stressed, obviously they're going to have you know they could they could become more prone to like stress eating or or even not eating at all or whatever. There's there's different issues that can come from it. Stress affects a lot, right? It affects the whole body's health. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I got some questions. How would you deal with like scoliosis for, for like sitting in front of the computer all day long? Okay, scoliosis is a condition. So just for the people that don't know it, what it is, scoliosis is from if you're looking at a spine from front to back, the spine should just be straight up and down. Scoliosis happens when you have curvatures in the spine. Okay, so the spine goes laterally, left or right. That can happen. How does scol how does scoliosis happen? happen? It could be a congenital issue. In other words, you were born with it. Um, or it could be a functional issue that comes on over time. Let's say that you, you what we talked about a hip misalignment. Your hip can actually misalign and actually can, can functionally create a curvature in your spine. Same, and also with that is let's say that some, looking at someone from the side, you should be able to have a curve here. If somebody starts to straighten out their curvature, what ends up happening is your body will start to, compensate for that issue so you'll actually start to do a, a lateral lean one way or the other to be able to take pressure and absorb uh, the impact of gravity so um, how do I take care of it in the office number one we we will take x-rays of the spine and do measurements on the spine to see how what kind of curvatures are happening in the spine so when I adjust the person I know how to actually adjust it and from what directions um, We'll also do functional analysis on the spine to see if that curvature is actually correctable or not. Some people, you know, if you, you, you take somebody, let's say that their, their spine is bent like this, I would have them bend away from that curvature to see if the actual spine opens up or not, okay? And oftentimes what you'll find is that it can open up, it can, it can um, be corrected, sometimes fully, sometimes partially, it just depends upon the person. Um, and then when we get into actually correcting it, there's specific type of adjustments that we would do using specific tables to be able to adjust that curvature. So we obviously balance out the hips, balance out the feet, and then the adjustments go laterally through the spine. So let's say that a person has a, a curvature like this, and then that, that's where the, the spine is if you're looking at them from front to back. The adjustment would be right here on this side to be able to start to slowly open up that part of the spine and straighten it out. Um, just, and then obviously on after that, 
then we would be giving them exercises and stretches outside the office. So let's say again, the curvature is like this. If I would have that person doing exercises where they're lifting up on this side of the spine to start to get that to get to get those muscles opened up on that side, loosen up the ones that need to be loosened up, and strengthening the ones that need to be strengthened. And that's it. So find out if it's correctable, and then give them adjustments and exercises to 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 balance that balance the body out. Right. I got two more questions. Um, what's like an advice you can get to young athletes on like keeping their body healthy and maintaining? That's a great question. Um, so to be able to keep your body healthy, just in general, uh, it comes down to what I was talking about earlier: phys uh, managing your physical stresses, chemical stresses, and emotional stresses. Obviously, posture is a big part of you know physical, like the physical effects of making sure you have good posture. If you're if you're you know sitting at a computer or looking at your cell phone, you're not staring down all day long because that can cause a lot of problems in the neck. Um, on top of that, you know you want to make sure that you're doing exercise every single day, um, whether it be some some type of exercise that you like to do, right? So whether you like to dance or you know play basketball or football or baseball or whatever you like to do or dance or whatever whatever it is. Um, get physical exercise every single day. Mm, let's see. That, so, that, so those are good ones on the physical. I, I always like to stretch every single day. So I start my day, I get out of, I get out of bed, and I'll, I'll make sure I stretch my entire body from head to toe uh, every single day. That takes me about 20, 15 to 20 minutes, and that, is, that goes a long way in preventing injury. Get adjusted on a regular basis. Uh, that's what I do, making sure that your spine is in alignment. That's on the physical aspect. Chemical, making sure you're eating properly and avoiding toxins, right? So you're, you're making sure that you're, you're eating a nice balanced diet, whether it be paleo or you know, ketogenic for small periods of time, Mediterranean diet. All those diets are really good. Vegan diet, um, making sure that you're eating good, healthy foods, clean foods that are organic. Um, you're not poisoning your body with toxic chemicals every single day, right? Um, that's the that's uh, pretty good on the on the chemical aspect, and then emotional, you know, mitigating your stress. So uh, you know, making sure you're practicing some type of gratitude every single day. Um, help, you know, whether some type of spiritual connection, meditation, prayer, something like that. Some type of practice, getting into nature regularly. All these things can go a long way and making sure at mitigating stress, um, finding something that you love to do every single day um, and doing that. So that's physical, chemical and emotional, kind of like a really broad category or but um, those are those are the general ideas that you'd want to do to make sure that your body is healthy. One more question. You say like to keep a body healthy, you have to be active and like what should you do before matches, games and activities to like keep you from injury okay um so what you would do to make sure that you didn't get injured during a game you go into the game with a healthy body right so if you look at a guy like lebron james <laughs> the guy's gone for 15 to something like 18 20 years i don't know how long he's been in the, in the game but he's been doing it for for a long 17 years he's been doing it for a long time and he's had minimal injuries right but did you also know the guy spends a million dollars a year on just taking care of his body so it's not just like a, a, a thing that you do right before the game, right? That, <laughs> that makes you, 
less prone to injury. It's all the time that you take on a, on an everyday basis leading up towards the game that makes the biggest difference, right? So, you know, if LeBron James just, you know, that, that day started, decided he's going to want to start stretching that day to make sure he's, <laughs> to make sure he's, his, his, his spine's going to be healthy or is, no, it, it's got to be, it's got to be consistency, taking care of the body on a regular basis to, to avoid those kinds of, those kinds of injuries. But that's the, the actual answer. But if you're looking at like just on that day, you know, making sure you, you do what's called dynamic stretches, dynamic warmups, right? So you're, you're actually moving the spine and, and moving all the different musculatures, particularly the ones that you're going to be using um, functionally. But it, what you would do is you're not doing it like you're not holding it for 15 to 20 seconds or a minute. You're just kind of, you know, just moving the spine, get moving the, moving the, the muscles um, to be able to keep them loose, get the blood flow into the tissues, um, to be able to make sure that those, there's plenty of blood in the tissue so it won't overstretch or, or, or create tears or ligamentous tears, things like that. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I have two questions. So the first one is what kind of daily or weekly like stretches or exercises do you recommend for athletes to do at home to relieve like, pain in joints or muscles? Um, it'd be kind of difficult without actually showing you. <laughs> um, so you're, what I tell people is to put their, every single joint in your body, you want to take through its full range of motion every day. Right. So, you know, what you start with the neck and work your way down. So in the neck, you know, I'm just doing side to side rotations up and down, all those different kind of motions, holding those on each, on each level for about four seconds. Then you work your way down into the arms, do every single motion that your that joint can do. So, you know, let's say your hands, making sure you're getting the wrist flexors both ways, each individual finger. You know, I literally take every joint through every motion that it can do every single day. That will help increase the blood flow into the tissues and make sure that the ligaments are, are not prone to injury. Does that answer your question? I know it's kind of difficult without actually showing you every single one, but that's the general idea and concept. Yeah. And then on top of that, you could work on like, like for, for injury, like preventing injuries. A lot of like, if you're looking at people that have repetitive issues with like ankles or like, like ankle tears or sprains and strains like that, um, mobility and um, making sure you're like getting, getting on something like a balance cushion like this, you could you know stand on top of that, making sure that the the all the ligaments are are primed to make sure that they don't they don't uh, sprain easy, right? So these little micro movements can be really good for you. All right, thank you. And so, for the second question is: Has anyone close to you ever experienced any severe injuries that uh, were solved by your chiropractic skills? Anyone close to me experienced an injury? I mean, yeah, all the, <laughs> all the time. If you're, if you're a chiropractor, you know, people around you are going to get injured. And, you know, you. Uh, so I, I have countless examples of people that have, you know, had injuries and come to me for help and I help them out. So anything from, you know, people with foot injuries and we'll, we'll work on that. Um, I've had people that their shoulder gets messed up doing activities literally every single day people with some type of some type of injury come into my either to my office 
or see me outside by you know at my house or whatever, and I'll take care of people. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm back. Um, hey. I have a couple more questions. Sure. <laughs> so, um, what procedures do you use like most often on your athletes to determine if there's a strain or like an injury? To determine if there's a strain. So oftentimes a strain can be easily diagnosed by a, just a simple, you know, what happened, right? They just tell me what happened. Hey doc, I was doing, <laughs> I was doing some type of thing. And I, you know, I heard like a, a kind of like a pop or, you know, I, I it like just hurt right after I did that. Like, well, okay, well that sounds like a, a sprain or a strain. Then after you hear the, hear the, the story, then you go in there and you check it out, right? So if I if if you're looking at like the bicep, and they told me that they they overstretched with the let's say that they did like a backhand with tennis, and they felt like a strain right here, like they felt like the muscle hurts right here. Well, sounds like a sprain or a strain, pretty simple, right? So then we'd go in and we'd look at it, do some palpation on it, and generally speaking, you'd be able to pretty easily detect if that's if it's a muscle sprain. Um, you are sorry uh, muscle strain but if um if you if let's say i was like not quite sure from the history or it was kind of ambiguous that it happened um, we could always refer out for like an ultrasound or if you need to an mri but generally speaking 99 percent of the time just off the history and a little bit of palpation you could determine what it is um my second question is how how do you deal with like a strain um within a match and after a match so for example like i know a lot of uh pro athletes sometimes they get injured in the middle of a match and then they just keep on playing yeah so <laughs> i actually don't do a lot of like hands-on with people that are like on the on the field or on the court but i know oftentimes what they'll do for those types of injuries they will either tape it up to make to make kind of almost immobilize that area so you're not actually utilizing those muscles um, or like, let's say that, you know, you've seen like, they'll put like, like if you think of like Kobe Bryant when he had his, uh, his like tear on, on his Achilles tendon, they would tape it up. They would pretty much immobilize it and they'd send him out back or, or they would be able to like inject it with like a cortisone or something like that. So they would kind of make it, unfortunately, <laughs> which I don't agree with, uh, it's not the best method, right? So they would kind of numb up the area to make it bearable for these athletes to play. This is where you're talking about people on like high, like higher level. So they don't really, they're, yeah. they're holding, they kind of do it a different way, but I don't necessarily agree with that because that can lead towards long-term injuries, right? Um, so, but like just general athletes, general athletes, you know, you, you kind of, you can immobilize the area and then you can put them back out if it's safe to do so. So, so it's kind of like, like, in war movies when they get shot they like put a bandage around it and like compress yeah it. yeah it's just kind of like you know you do what you what you have to do to get them back on the field but like i said i don't have a lot of experience with that but that's what i that's what i know so far okay thank you and uh what are some ways to like safely crack our own bodies yeah so like uh like you mean to like get like a popping sound yeah, it's yeah. Really <laughs> so it, it's so it's a I hear this question kind of a lot like is it safe to crack my own knuckles is it safe to what like all these different things and the answer is yes if you do it the right way okay um, so 
if I was going to take uh, an example of, um, and that noise you're, he you're hearing is, is what's called a cavitation, First, pretty much means that like, let's say you take a joint and you open it, there's a little bubble that forms inside of the joint. And then when the joint comes back together, let's say I open it like I do this. Let's see if I can get one. No, I've already done it. So, <laughs> so what happens is that those the little bubble will be formed in there, and then once once the when the joint come back together, when the bones come back together, that bubble will pop, and that's the noise that you hear. So, a lot of people think that if if they go to a chiropractor and they don't hear that noise per se, nothing happened, but that's not the case. Okay, that you don't have to hear a pop or a crack to be able to have an adjustment take place. But to answer your question, um, how to do it safely? do it uh let's say that you wanted to you're feeling some tension in your hand right so i would instead of pushing into the joint and kind of compressing the joint space and hearing a pop that way i would open up the joint and then you'd hear a pop so that would be a safer way to do that um like let's say you're getting tension in the neck okay so instead of like and i used to do that i'm completely guilty of this i, I used to get tension in my neck when i was younger right i would take my head and i would try to like do this kind of thing to be able to, 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 to feel some relief of tension. And this, I know a lot of, a lot of people do this, um, but that's not the way to do it. Because if you do that, what ends up happening is you'll hear a pop, which is cool, right? You'll get a release of endorphins also fine. Um, but what happens is you're actually moving things that are already moving just fine. And you're making a pop happen in there. Generally speaking, you're not going to be actually addressing the the one vertebra or the specific vertebras and move them in the right way to be able to actually address what the problem is, why you're feeling the tension, right? So go to the chiropractor and they can actually figure out which way those bones are moving that's making you feel that tension. Um, Mid-back, um, you know, if you just take your, if you just kind of like rotate backwards one way or the other, you'll do like a, what's called a spinal twist. Oftentimes you'll hear like pops and clicks, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, there's nothing wrong with hearing those pops and clicks. It's just part of the, the bones moving. But um, what I don't agree with is doing it in a way that's forceful or jerky in a way. If you do it nice and slow and you hear a pop, that's fine, okay? Take your, you take your neck and you do this kind of thing, that's not good. You're gonna, you, could, you could injure the, the, the tissues in that area. And also you're not addressing the problem. So again, get, get to the root cause of the problem, uh, why you're feeling that that's more uh, higher level. That's better. That's a better thinking. Yeah. Um, so when you like crack patients like necks and backs, do you feel like any fear of like killing them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you when I first started, yes. <laughs> when I very first started like, uh, like doing it, like my first, you know, 10 to 15, 20, 30 adjustments of the neck. I was like, oh God, I, I hope I don't destroy their neck. I hope I don't hurt them. Absolutely, I had that, that fear. After you do it a while, you realize that it's it takes a lot to be able to actually like kill somebody. And then I've also studied, <laughs> I mean, you could, you know, technically I could grab somebody, you know, you'd have to really twist and do a lot, but the movements I do are just so like really small, you know, kind of real easy movements that I don't fear that because the way I, and on top of that, you know, you've heard of like, you know, like you've heard like these crazy stories about, oh man, they got a stroke or something or like that, that uh, is, first of all, most of those that have happened, 
other professions are doing that, not necessarily chiropractors. Um, this is somebody that's not really trained well in that in adjustments. So, and that's just so so crazily, you know, astronomical odds of that actually happening that I'm not really I'm not worried about it myself. Um, and we always screen people before any type of adjustments I do. So when I when somebody comes to my office, I'll make sure that we've done a full thorough evaluation, make sure that if they have any type of history of, of me not, I sh let's say I shouldn't be adjusting this person because there are people that come in the door that I should not be adjusting. And I will screen for that. I'll make sure that if that if I feel like that person shouldn't be adjusted, there's we do specific examinations, we take x-rays, we make sure that, that, that it's safe to adjust them before we adjust anybody. So that's why I make sure, that's why, we, that's why I'm not worried personally because I've done the work to make sure that it's safe. What, what qualifies a person as unsafe to be adjusted? Okay, so let's say that, um, okay, so there, what's called art, arterial insufficiency. So we're talking about like, let's say that there's a, a small possibility of somebody get, possibly getting a stroke, right? So we would look and we'd see, we would do it at, uh, we would look and see, do a specific type of, um, what's called an orthopedic evaluation to determine if there is arterial sufficiency through that, through that joint or through that, through that uh, blood vessel. So that's one reason. Um, somebody that's osteo, uh, too, too osteoporotic, um, they might require a lesser type of adjustment. In other words, their bones are more brittle. They would require a much lesser adjustment, um, not, as, not as forceful, right? Um, let's say, uh, and then obviously you, you curtail your adjustments to whatever body's in front of you, right? So if I have a baby in front of me, I don't adjust the baby like I adjust a full, like an athlete or let's, and I don't adjust an athlete like I would adjust like a, a hundred year old woman, right? It's, they're different bodies. So you address and you change and alter your style depending upon the person that's in front of you. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, last question for me. Um, I play a lot of video games and I usually play like, like four hours at a time or more. So do you have any tips for like how my spine doesn't get all messed up or my neck doesn't get all messed up? Yeah. Um, is your, is your controller able to move away from the system or is it on like a computer? Um, I play on my PS4. PS4 is the controller. Like you could move it into a, like a, like you could stand up with it and sit down with yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. So one thing you could do is, continuously move like like let's say every 20 minutes or so you can get up right so if you're sitting down then you get up and then you can play a little bit there right <laughs> if you want to do it continuously taking breaks helps right so take breaks to stretch like let's say if you have like a, a pause in gameplay you know let's say that something's loading up or whatever you know do a little stretch you could activate your what's called it, when you're sitting down and you're playing video games which is you know imagine it's like right in front of you right a lot of people, you're going to start to utilize your chest muscles, your abdominals. You're kind of going to start to punch forward, especially if you can't see very well. You're going to start leaning in, right? So to you have to start working what's called your your posterior chain, right? So the muscles behind you, you have to activate those as well. So if if you're if you're on the computer or you're you know you're on your PS4 or whatever, you're punching forward. At, you know, 15, 20 minutes goes off. You could set a little timer or whatever. Stand up activate what's called your posterior chain muscles. So like do this kind of thing. I call them T's, Y's, M's. 
neck retraction. So, you know, a lot of people will be kind of leaning forward like this. You could take your neck through some neck, can you see that? Neck retraction like this yeah. to be able to activate your posterior chain. Um, just do it. And so just in other words, activate muscles that aren't being activated at that time and movement. Those are, that's the best way you, that you can incorporate it. So you can still play for a long time, but you need to keep your body moving and activating stuff that's going to be inactive if you're just sitting there like this. Also, making sure your screen is at a good position, right? So if your screen is too low, then you're going to be looking down for long periods of time, and then that's going to cause problems and strain in the neck. So act, put your screen up at a nice position where you're, you're at the top of your screen is eye level so that when you're looking, you're looking straight ahead. So even if I like don't feel any strain while I'm playing, I, I should still stand up and move around. Yeah. It's just, it's just preventative, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. Cause you, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, you know, you only want to go to a chiropractor when you're in pain not necessarily right so so you you want to take care of your body before it becomes a problem right before it becomes painful right do you wait till you have a cavity to start brushing your teeth no <laughs> you take care of and maintenance your spine for a long period or your teeth and keep take care of it so it doesn't wear down right so that's called preventative thinking or preventative care as opposed to you know real uh, symptom relief or symptom care so it's like kind of like stretching before a game or something. Yeah, the idea is you want to you want to you want to think proactively, right? Not retroactively or 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 just after you get an injury, start taking care of yourself. You don't want to do it that way. You want to prevent the injury from happening. And like I, I saw like I don't know, um, a lot of people say like it's better to do like dynamic stretches now instead of like static stretches. Is is that true or? depends on what your goal is right so if you want do you want to do a dynamic stretch prior to an like a, a strenuous activity um whereas opposed to if you if you're looking for like getting full like range of like full range of motion then that will be um where you're more more of a, a static stretch but you could act so if you, let's say you're trying to work uh, let's say if your goal is you want to do the splits right so you could do uh, a, a, like your legs, you know, going out to the sides like this, and then you would actually actively contract them, which will reflexively inhibit the muscles that you're trying to stretch afterwards. So little by little, you actually get better, better motion with, actu act with active contraction than relaxation. So I don't know if that, if that answers your question, but um, depends on what your goal is. Thank you. That's all I have. Sure. Good questions. Um, uh, I got some more questions too. Like some, some days, like in the morning, I would just like wake up with random knee pains. What's like causing that? And how do I prevent that? Why are you waking up with random knee pains? Yeah. Mm, is it when you go to like take a step? No, it's or like. Is it, or what is it? It it's just like random. It's it, it doesn't. Yeah. So it doesn't, it, it, there's no, like, it's not like when you, when you walk on it a specific way. Yeah, no. Okay. So it obviously without actually evaluating you, it would be hard to determine what it actually is. But if you were in front of me, I would be, I would probably be able to figure it out pretty quick. But um, 
if you're looking at uh, like just knee pains in general, some of the more common reasons that people get knee pains that are just kind of intermittent is hip misalignments, pulling on ligaments that are attached to the knee or misalignments in the actual ankle or foot that is causing pressure on the knee itself. So addressing those issues, addressing any musculature that's tightened up, that's pulling on the knee, particularly what's called your IT band. So if let's say the, the, the pain is on the outside of your knee, like lat, what's called laterally, that could be where the, the iliotibial band actually inserts on the knee and that could be creating pain there. Um, could be the popliteus, which is the muscle behind it is tight on the, on the, on the posterior aspect, which is causing pain. So again, it, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of reasons for knee pain. So you'd have to you'd have to diagnose that and figure out what it is. Oh, I forgot to mention this. It's more like in the front of the joint. It's like the front side of the body. It's on the front side. So yeah, it, again, it just depends. So like it, it could be like the things that are on the front, your quads, right? So let's say your your quad is more more tightened on the right side versus the left. It could be pulling. So looking for trigger points and muscular adhesions throughout the quads, um, and then it would be hard for you to actually figure out if you had misalignments in your actual tibia or fibula um, yourself without me actually looking at you. Okay, that's why I have. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, I have a question. So you know how a chiropractor sessions, when they crack your bone, you breathe out before they crack? Like, um, why do you, why is that? Why do you have to breathe out before like someone cracked the bone? Um, some doctors utilize that because they are, let's say a, a person, and I utilize that every once in a while. I don't do it most of the time. I don't have somebody breathe in and breathe out for an adjustment. Some doctors utilize that as just because they, they are more comfortable that way or they feel like the patient's going to relax better um, when, they, when they breathe in and breathe out because it's kind of a relaxing motion. I find that I don't need that based upon my setup. If I set somebody up properly, I do not, you don't, I don't need them to, to do a big breath in, a big breath out. Every once in a while, I will do that if I'm feeling somebody is particularly tight, like really holding on, really stressed or whatever, um, or really what's called guarding. Then I'll have them do it like, like a deep breath in, breath out. Majority of the times, I will do what's called a preload on a joint. And, I actually, and by doing a preload on the joint, what ends up happening is the, the tendons and the musculature surrounding the tissue will reflexively relax. And then I'll be able to give the thrust after I've done the preload. So I don't, I do not need to have them do a big breath in a big breath out. Plus I find that sometimes is what's called counterproductive because you tell a person, take a big breath in and breath out. Well, what do they know now? They know at the end of the breath, they're going to get a thrust, right? So, so I don't actually do that because I don't want people like, oh, they know that I'm gonna like soon, soon as I'm you breathe out, then I'm gonna thrust. I don't I don't want them to know when I'm gonna thrust. So that's why I don't do that. All right, got it. Um, and then I have one more question. So, uh, all the school uh, online like schooling are moving to online. So, like, would you give the same advice to those who are sitting in front of a computer just in class all day? And uh, same as Dylan's example of gaming for like four hours. So yeah, it's, I, the, it's the same advice I'd give. Yeah, okay. Same advice. All right. Yeah, that's for me. Thank you. You're welcome.
Um, sorry, I have one more question. Um, sure. I used to be a dancer, and like I always struggled with like shoulder and back pain. I don't know if that was normal, but I was feeling it in my shoulder. <laughs> um, like, what would you say is like a stretch or like an exercise that can help with like shoulder pain? So, a, a stretch or an exercise. A lot of shoulder pain comes from neck problems. So usually, I mean, I'd say 80 to 90% of the time, if somebody has a shoulder problem, they also have a neck problem. It's almost, almost guaranteed. So I don't know if you were experiencing neck pain at the same time as you were getting shoulder pain. Most people do. It has to do, this is a big problem nowadays because of technology mostly. You know, a lot of people are spending time looking forward like this. What ends up happening is over time, that curvature that's supposed to be in the neck starts to go away. So, you know, you're looking down for a long period of time, that curvature and the curvature should look like this to so go this way. And what ends up happening is that curvature will start to straighten out. That will cause tension because the weight of your head is on, on average about 10 pounds. For every inch forward, it, it will like, uh, it'll add an extra 10 pounds to your head. So in other words, if you're putting more, if your head's going this way, what ends up happening is it strains the muscles and puts a lot of, it makes the weight of your head even heavier on the musculature. So that is one of the reasons. So to fix that, the neck retraction exercises, um, adjustments in the neck, we, we do in our office, we do like general, what's called to be able to get the curvature back into it. But you could do, you know, postural exercises to strengthen the neck muscles to, to align your head better. Then you can work on the shoulders, right? So actually doing like shoulder stretches, shoulder range of motion, um, opening. And the other one is the chest here. So a lot of people will, will get shoulder pain because they're what's called have what's called a upper cross syndrome. In other words, they're all of everything's kind of the shoulder, the, the pecs are tight, the head's going forward. So getting the head into a better position, stretching out the front, strengthening the back muscles to get the shoulder into a better position so it doesn't hurt all the time, right? And um, so yeah, range of motion and, and getting the proper posture set up is, is what, you would, what I would recommend. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Is that everything? Yep, I think so. I think that wraps up everything. Um, yeah, thank you so much for all the professional answers. Um, so I'll just end the meeting here and thank you again. Wait, uh, by the way, where is your office located? Is it in Brea? Our office is in yeah, Brea, California. Okay. Yeah, so um, Ray, if you need, just uh, you know, hit up Dr. Singer uh, for your knee pain. Thank you. Much. Um, thank you again for coming and I'll just end the meeting here. So yeah, see you guys later. Thanks guys. Good thank questions. You.